chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus said the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life a warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church you are in for an uplifting time in God's word enjoy the message Christmas comes alive on 25th at Calvary. Gloria, our Savior, found us. The shepherds and wise men went searching for the promised son, but they did not know that this greatest treasure they had found in the manger had rather come to seek and save the lost. Calvary Baptist Church presents the Living Christmas Tree 2021. Date is December 25th. The time is 5 p.m. sharp. The venue is the new amphitheater at our Shashi campus near the Accra Mall. Come with us to the manger to worship and honor our king. Come let us offer our best to him. Calvary Baptist Church, press on to victory. I'm glad you are able to join me as we celebrate the goodness of God, the love of God, and the ability he's giving to us to be counted among the living. What a good God we have. We've entered into another month full of blessings, full of his goodness, full of celebrating the mysteries of God, including Christmas. We trust they had an eventful week, whatever it is. One thing is sure, the whole world is waiting to celebrate the Christ of Christmas. Therefore, I encourage you to join me as we celebrate the goodness of God. Let us pray. Our God and Master, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, that we can come before you with thanksgiving, we can come before you with joy, we can come before you with celebration, thanking you for the gift of Christ, the Christ of Christmas, as we read and share your word. Lord, bless us, that we would only be hearers, but we understand, have a message that we can share with others because of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It is in his name that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, it's always a joy to be sharing the message of Christmas. Because when Christmas comes, then we know we are rehearsing the old story, story of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let us read the word of God. Let us read about the supernatural birth. Let us read about his uniqueness. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah 7, 14, and that is captured in Matthew 1, 23. Let's read Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. You'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. This is what message was given to the Virgin. What message was given for the naming of the child of God? See, the Virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God. Is with us. Let's pause for a spot of music, that popular song, Joy to the World, the Lord 
Bis dann. friend, I'm glad you are able to join us to sing this song, to celebrate Christmas, and to look at the message and listen to it, the Christ of Christmas. It is true that the Bible at no point asks us to celebrate Christmas because we don't really know the exact date of the birth of Christ. But like you and I, whether we know when we're born or not, when you are alive, when you see anybody alive, you can thank God for your life. You can thank God for that person's life. Because once upon a time, they were born. And once upon a time, if I may add, they may go. So Christmas is about the celebration of life. The thankfulness we have to God that he entered into human history and gave us Christ, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. For some, it is a time for giving gifts. It's a time of merrymaking. For some, it is even a time of drunkenness and all kinds of things happen. But for you and I who have tuned in today, I'd like you to understand the Christ of Christmas. I aim today and possibly next week a part two of this message to encourage you to have a deeper 
love for God, a deeper love for Jesus, to deepen your knowledge, your worship, and your service for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What do I say the aim is? To deepen our knowledge, our worship, and our service of Jesus. There's an English saying that familiarity breeds contempt. You hear something over and over and over. You see something over and over and over. And you think you know it all. And therefore, you don't take it seriously. But that should not be our understanding of the message of Christmas. That should not be our understanding of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that message is too deep. The implications are so deep that we don't just have to take it for granted. The passage I read talks about the Christ of Christmas. But the first thing we need to understand about him is about his supernatural birth. His supernatural birth. Look at the life of Jesus. Isaiah was written about almost 600 years before Jesus was born. The people of God, Israel, were in captivity. When they were in captivity, they were looking up to God. Just like you and I, when we are in a hole, when we are in trouble, all we want is God to help us. God will help us. And what help did God promise them? He said, no, I'll give you help. I will give you help. A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's a message of hope that they were given. Not in a political restoration, not in independence, but in a child. A child will be born. That child, that person, will be the one that will make a difference. You see, Long ago, one of the old evangelists told us, men and women are always looking for good methods of doing things, innovation. They want to improve what they are doing, a faster way to drive, a faster way to cook their food, a faster way to get to a place, a better way to watch television, have entertainment. But God is always looking for better people, people who love him, people who respect him, people who fear him so he can use them. So God gave this message that the, the key to a new life, the key for independence, the key for freedom, the key to reconciling with God is in a person. And that person is Jesus. And throughout a lot of things, his birth was supernatural. Pregnancy that was induced by God's spirit. A birth that was witnessed in the skies. When the shepherds were in the field and they heard the angels singing, singing and saying joy to the world. The shepherds came dancing. The Magi, who saw from the east, and came and were worshipping him, and the parents were wondering, what is this all about? The parents who had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, to the precise point where he was supposed to be born, a fully pregnant woman, making it to that place. My God, what a story. Christ's supernatural birth was born like no other. He was born with prophecies coming before him. But you see, he was not only born miraculously, because today you can tell me there are people who are born miraculously. Their parents tried to kill them, tried to abort them. They didn't die. They were born and put in a plastic bag and put in a trash, and they didn't die. They were born and left on the road. They didn't die. So many things have happened to them. They are not dead. They are not dead yet. So you can say they are supernatural. But you see, Christ did not only have a supernatural birth. Secondly, he had a supernatural life. His life was unique. His life 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Peter was one of his closest followers and closest critics. And he said this about Jesus. He did not commit sin. He, he had no deceit. No deceit was found in his mouth. His life was different. Hebrews 7.26 tells us, He is a kind of high priest. But for this kind of high priest we need was holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. That's the kind of high priest that he was. His life was just supernatural. His life was perfect. He knew no sin. He was full of goodness, full of love. I mean, having the appropriate reflexes at all times. When he ought to be angry about sin, he was angry about sin. When he saw people who were hungry, he fed them. When he saw people who were being oppressed, he liberated them. When he saw people who had an incurable diseases, he healed them, whether it was Sabbath or not. He was just that person. When he saw people who had been condemned, he would tell them, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. His wisdom was just amazing. Praise the Lord. That's the Christ of Christmas that we are thinking about, the Christ we ought to celebrate. But thirdly, this is something about Christ. His whole ministry, his whole ministry was just a supernatural ministry. Supernatural. It was beyond the nature, beyond anything that they had known before. Yes, Moses had come and lived among the Israelites, taking them from Egypt to Israel. So the stories were there. But for a long time, it looks like nothing else was going to happen. Well, but the God of history wanted us to get the sign that someone else is coming. And Peter can summarize this on, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Acts 2, 2, 2. The men of Israel listen to these words. This Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Here's Peter on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit had fallen on him, when they were baptized with the Spirit, and the apostles were speaking with tongues, other tongues, and people came, said, who are these? Are they not Jews? And they are speaking, we can hear it in all the languages, all the local languages, where we have come from to Jerusalem to come and worship. We can hear everything. Who are these? Peter comes out, Say, look, I mean, we are people. We, we are filled with the power of Jesus, the one who worked miracles, wonders, signs. And you here, you all know it. In Acts 10, 38, he can say it again, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. The testimony was that, God was with him. He was performing miracles. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He walked on water. He raised the dead. My brother, my sister, as you listen to me, may his word quicken you. Whatever your situation is, the same God is yesterday, today, and forever. 2,000 years later on, as we preach his word, as we teach his word, as we anoint people in his power, as we baptize them into the ministry of God, as they seek to do the work of God, as they seek to be vessels of God, he's still working, blessing people, teaching them, healing them, correcting them, rebuking them, opening up their lives, giving them revelations about himself, 
what they should do, what they should not do, and preparing us for heaven. That's the supernatural ministry of Jesus. He's not dead. He's still alive. He's still working. What a God we have. Will you put your faith, your trust in him? Will you worship him? Will you give him your service and your devotion, knowing that it is never and ever wasted? This is the God of Christmas. Friends, today we are talking about the Christ of Christmas. That's not just about celebrating and dancing and singing songs as if it's for children. It's about your life because his supernatural birth, his supernatural life, his supernatural ministry calls for you to worship him, calls for you to serve him, calls for you to give your all to him. And if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, it calls for you to begin to consider him as the only one worth serving. Not only that, he eventually died. Oh, he died. He died because all human beings who are born die. And as for this world, there's nothing that you do that human beings are forever satisfied with. And so Christ, in spite of all the things that he did, they plotted against him and he died. But you know, there's no grave you can go to anywhere, anywhere, any day, and you'll be told that this is the grave of Jesus. No, he's risen. He is risen. And that became something else. That became something else that the disciples can preach about. Something that I can talk to you about. Something that you can talk to somebody about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, when the Corinthians were confused, were confused about Jesus, his death, that he had died, when they were confused about whether they themselves would be resurrected. Look at what the apostle Paul told them. Say, for I passed unto you as most important what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died, yes, but he didn't die because he was a criminal. He wasn't killed because he had stolen anything. He died according to the scriptures. Why? He came because God wanted him to come and live as a child of God. God wanted him to come and be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. That is why he came. And when the appropriate time came, people thought they were conspiring against him. And what did they do? They led him on that cross as they sought to crucify him, as they pierced him with a nail. All he could say was, Father, forgive them, for they did not know what they are doing. He died according to the scriptures. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. So he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. His supernatural death was for our benefit. It was part of the plan of God. He did not die as a criminal. He did not die because he was helpless. He did not die because his enemies were more powerful than him. He did not just die because Judas betrayed him. He died because God wanted him to die as a sacrifice for our sins. That is why we say thank you, Lord. That is why we still call it Good Friday. That is why we celebrate his goodness. You know, before he died, he was born. And that's why we, the church from of old and even up to today, continue to celebrate the birth of Christ, but we do not forget the fact that he was born 
but he also died. Now, not only his death, but his, the Christ of Christmas was God who had a supernatural resurrection. Supernatural resurrection. Yes, supernatural resurrection. What is resurrection? It's bringing back to life someone who had died. Supernatural. Yes, it's not as if somebody was in a coma and then they, 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 they took him and did CPR on him and he resurrected. No, this man had died after having been beaten and was bleeding, wrapped in cloth. And they put all kinds of spices on him. He was buried according to the customs of those days. When somebody is going to be buried the days before even modern science, and instead of putting chemicals on you so that you would not rot, they put spices on the person. And for somebody who was so wounded, who was bleeding, who had, who had become so dehydrated, they put all these spices on him and they wrapped him and wrapped him and wrapped him and wrapped him and put him in a tomb and sealed him. He, they were sure he was dead. Matthew 28, 6. When that morning came and the disciples went to look for him, when the women went to look for him so that they might prepare him even better because they loved him, what news did they hear? He's not here, for he has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where they laid him. Hallelujah. Come and see where they laid him. And when they went there, when people went into the grave, what did they see? They saw that somebody had come out of the clothes. The grave clothes were there. And he had come out of it. You see, they, in those days, they were not buried in coffins. They were wrapped, 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 wrapped around in cloth. Eh? He was there. He was there, but he said, he has come out of it. Come and see where they laid him. And they could not believe it. He's gone. He's gone. First Corinthians 15 forces that he was buried. He was raised on the third day. According to the scriptures, all these things had been predicted or had been prophesied. His supernatural resurrection was prophesied. And of course, he did not vanish and nobody could see him so that it would become a fairy tale. There are some tales we hear that he lived ever after. We, hear, we read about Greek mythology, about Roman mythology, about Apollos, about Zeus, about all these gods. You wonder who they are. Where are they? Where did they come from? Where have they gone to? You cannot find them. But when Jesus resurrected, his disciples, some of them, like Thomas, they were wondering, who is he? Where has he gone? He said in Luke chapter 24, 39, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. I'm not a ghost. Yes, this scripture doesn't teach that there are ghosts who walk about by just saying the obvious thing that the Jews believed, and most human beings believe that they are ghosts. And when you see them, they vanish. Jesus is saying, even if they are ghosts, they come, they are gone, you don't see them, you don't touch them, because that's the story they tell us. But look, I am not. I am not a ghost. Look at me. Touch me. Come and touch me. Look at my hands. And my feet, it is I myself. So if the disciples were to look at his hands, they would still see the scars. The feet, they would still see the scars 
where he was pierced with a nail. Look at his side. Catch me. You feel me. I'm not a ghost. I have flesh. I have bones. I have everything. I am he. He was trying to convince the disciples so that they can have faith in him. They can have the anointing and go about boldly proclaiming that he's alive. That is why we celebrate his goodness. May the living God touch you wherever you are, that you will know that it is he. Yeah, he's risen from the dead. God, no man had the power to put him to death. No man had the power to kill him. Even if they killed him, they could not keep him in the grave. If Christ didn't rise, then there will be no hope for you and I. He's alive. He's risen again. And that promise is not for him alone, but it's for all who love him, for all who believe in him, that he will appear to take us with him, that we will rejoice with him forever and ever. And the last thing we will see today about the Christ of Christmas, part one, the Christ of Christmas is that he ascended. He ascended the supernatural ascension. Yes, he came for a purpose and he was crucified. He died. He was buried. He resurrected again, but he did something else. Christ's supernatural ascension. We see in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Acts chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. My brother, my sister, that is why we celebrate Christmas every year. That is why we commemorate Christmas every year. That is why we worship him every day. That is why we must do good every day. That's why we must live in forgiveness every day. That's why we must witness every day. That is why we must live lives that are pleasing to God every day. That is why we must do whatever we are doing fruitfully every day. Because this Jesus will come in the same way that you have seen him. He went up to heaven. He's coming down again to be the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, to judge us because the earth belongs to him. He is the maker, our redeemer, and our friend. So Christmas is a time of remembrance. Every day we remember him. But it comes to a climax when we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. That once upon a time he was born as a baby. But a time is coming when he will come back as a king of kings and the lord of lords for all who love his appearance. My dear listening friends, do you know this Jesus as your lord and savior? If you don't know him, with all that is going on in the world, I'll tell you the greatest thing you can do for yourself is to receive him as your lord and savior. And that is as simple as A, B, C. A, accept that you don't know him. You have not given your life to him. The Lord, I accept you. I accept you. B, believe in him. Believe that he came. He was born for you. He died for you. Believe that he can forgive your sins. Believe that he can direct you every day. Say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe in you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. 
and see, confess him. Confess him. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your spirit. Lord, I need your power. Lord, I need your infilling. Indeed, dedicate your life to his service. Lord, I dedicate myself to you. I dedicate my life to you by joining your church, by following you, by reading my, uh, my Bible, by joining others to worship you, by getting baptized in you, by walking in you, by living to grow in you. Accept him, believe in him, confess him, dedicate your life to him. That is what the Christ of Christmas has for you. If you have prayed this prayer, my dear listening friend, you'll be giving yourself the best Christmas gift that anybody can ever give to you. And that gift will come from Jesus himself. We can certainly be of help to you, to help you to grow at Calvary Baptist Church and any Bible-believing church. And I'm telling you, joy to the world has come. You sing it from today. You sing it always with better meaning after you've given your life to him. Friends, you who believe in him, joy to the world. Christmas has come and is giving us another opportunity to share his love and goodness. Will you do that for him? He's willing to do that through you. He is the message. He's died. He lives so you may have a message to preach. Will you be a faithful messenger? Yes, I have promised to be. What about you? Will you promise him that one person, two people, three, four, ten people will hear the good news through you? In a time of bad news, let your voice share the good news of Jesus. Stay blessed. Love Jesus. Share his news with others now and forever. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Bay. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.